I'm Karen Vaughn, and welcome to Excel, our safe space where we can speak from the heart, where we can share our emotions and experiences without judgment and without fear. This podcast is more than a show. It's a sanctuary created specifically for black women navigating the beautiful chaos we all call life. Now, the goal is to thrive, find our tribe, and to live with joy. Our first therapy session can be a mix of excitement and nerves. You know how we are. We have Dr. Sigrid Elson here. She'll walk us through what to expect during this initial meeting from setting goals to establishing a comfortable space. You'll gain a clear understanding of how to make the most of this pivotal session in your mental health journey. But we have Dr. Sigrid Elston here. She's gonna walk us through what to expect during this initial meeting from setting goals to establishing a comfortable space. Let me tell you, I'm a little nervous just talking about it to a certain extent, but then like I said earlier, it's excitement, it's the butterflies because you know you're making the right step for your health, for your heart, for your mind, for your body, for your soul. Now, what should one do prior to the first meeting? The research is huge. Okay. Looking, looking for a therapist, trying to decide what will be the best fit for you. Um, I know that we'll probably cover quite a few different areas, so I might overlap a bit, but Race is huge. Race, culture, ethnicity, um, physical ability, gender, gender identity. Um, age is huge, depending yeah. on what the um, particular concern is. And just it does help to connect. So one thing is, is the research. That's one part. I think that it's very important to think through what are the goals? What do you want to work on? Um, so you have some idea that might help narrow down and fit with a certain therapist's specialty. So that's another piece. Another mm -hmm. part is how much is it gonna cost in yeah. insurance? Because um, you know there are some individuals who choose to pay out of pocket because they wanna you know, kind of um, preserve some anonymity you know, and not going through insurance and that type of thing. But there's some individuals who need insurance and need to come through insurance and everyone does not accept it because yeah. The, the payout and reimbursement can kind of vary. So one of the large pieces for me, I find, is that most of my clients, it's either word of mouth or via their insurance company. And so those are the, I guess, starting points yeah. for someone to um, begin their exploration about who they want to see, mm -hmm. what they want to address, mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe even where. Okay, so we're at the door. Mm -hmm. We're walking in, mm -hmm. we're sitting down. Okay. Can you walk us through um, step by step what to expect when okay. you sit down on the couch or in the chair or you know, even virtually on mm -hmm. Zoom for your first session? Well, I think to let go of some of those myths that you're gonna be laid out on a couch okay. and someone's taking notes about you and that type of thing, if you notice that that happens, that's probably not a good fit. Okay. But, um, but I think that we have so many ideas, if we've never been in therapy before, based on what we've seen on TV, in a movie or a commercial or a show or what we've heard. So I think that also kind of stirs up a lot of the butterflies before it starts. And mm -hmm. also just not knowing what to expect. Don't know what's going to come up, what, what's going to be said, what's going to be explored or exposed mm -hmm. about me that I'm trying not to necessarily deal with. So mm -hmm. I think before you even walk in the door, those are the things that I think a good therapist and one who's very um, in touch with those different thoughts and feelings um, is aware of before someone walks in the door. Mm -hmm. So when you walk in, feeling comfortable to have a seat and, um, and kind of let the therapist lead the conversation a bit 
so that um, just as much as a therapist is kind of getting a feel for what the client is wanting to work on, I think it's a huge for the client to kind of decide, is this a good fit? Does this therapist um, have you know mannerisms that are too distracting? Um, does mm -hmm. this therapist seem like they're looking through me? Um, does this therapist seem like they're treating this process like it's you know an assembly line and they're trying to get yeah. to the next client or something like that? You can pick up on those things pretty quickly. Yeah. But I think the research, like now in this time, we have so many opportunities based on um, the internet to research mm -hmm. uh, different therapists to see you know a little bit learn a little bit about their style their expertise where they went to school maybe a general idea as to their age range mm -hmm. because when you don't know um, what to expect or you have this assumption mm -hmm. that does trigger so many more emotions before you even walk in the right. door and you know let's talk about it a, a cultural fit mm -hmm. as, as well mm -hmm. you know you want someone perhaps that looks like you yes. to help you through what you're navigating because there's there is similarity there mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. so yes so that that would be huge and I would say for a lot of my clients particularly mm -hmm. um, coming to this area uh, in comparison to in Atlanta it was um, time after time each client I got who looked like me mm -hmm. they said that they have been in therapy before the therapist did not look like them and there it felt like there was a wall that was kind mm -hmm. of blocking them from being able to really get to mm -hmm. to work because they felt like they were spending so much time educating the the therapist on them on themselves their history um, some who said they had never gone to therapy because they didn't know of any um, therapist who looked like them at all and so I think you know there is this assumed kind of connection um, when you recognize that we both have some similarities in how we look and so mm -hmm. I think it can be very distracting when you have a therapist who looks nothing like you maybe even you know different gender or age group because you already have the shield up saying they probably can't relate mm. they probably are not going to hear what I'm saying or they might misinterpret and this is a piece mm. about the cultural competence yeah um, you know certain cultures we can get pretty elevated or excited or animated mm. when we're feeling pretty um, emphatically about a certain situation or topic we're not necessarily um, aggressive but because we know we have this history for African-American men and women the perception to that perception <laughs> of being yeah. angry black woman or aggressive or mad or angry well sometimes it it makes sense to be angry, but sometimes we downplay it because we don't want to um, come across in a particular way or it be off-putting to a therapist. They say, well, I don't want to work with him or her because, yeah, they are pretty angry. But these are things that you have to think about when um, seeing a therapist. A lot of times there are consultations, free consultations, maybe 15 minutes maybe even an hour to be able to chat or see a video. Psychology Today has videos where you can kind of get a feel for the, um, the kind of the energy mm -hmm. of the therapist and that can kind of give you some information before you even walk in the door. Wow, let's talk about breaking down the wall, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And one part of that is just being able to let go, like mm -hmm. you said earlier, mm -hmm. you may arrive nervous or yes. edgy or angry because you're just trying to deal through mm -hmm. the emotions that perhaps you haven't dealt before. Mm -hmm. So how does one kind of reset themselves and help chisel down the wall to help their therapist help them? You know, it's funny, I, when I hear you say that and spell it out, it takes me back to many therapy sessions when I could hear uh, clients feeling um, anxious even just before we even meet, you know, yeah. on the phone. And so what we'll do is just identify it, like, okay, well tell me 
How are you feeling now that you're here in the office? How are you, um, how'd you feel? How did you sleep last night? What were you, what were some of the thoughts or feelings you mm. had as you were leaving work or leaving your house or pulling up or getting ready to walk in? And so let's talk about it. And then um, that way we can identify that it's something new. It's something different. And I'll say, you know, I've got a certain level of, of anxiousness meeting you because I want to be able to help you. And so, um, so just normalizing that it's something new, it's something different, and it takes a lot of trust. We're not talking, I'm not belittling some other professions, but we're not talking about something where it's a kind of one and done, kind of in and out, I never have to see you again. Right. But the likelihood that I will be bringing in family members either physically or kind of mentally and spiritually into the room it, it, it's a, it makes you pretty vulnerable. So yeah. it makes perfect sense why someone would feel extremely anxious not knowing what to expect. You know, and in taking that a step further, you know, the client-therapist relationship, mm -hmm. how do you incorporate their feedback of what they need mm -hmm. into the next session or the therapy session? You know, perhaps there's something that they're sharing with you about them, mm -hmm. um, maybe some pros and cons. Mm -hmm. um, do you accept that feedback or, or how should one present how they're feeling to their therapist to kind of help them through mm -hmm. the session? Well, you know, even with those initial meetings, it makes me think about clients who will say they've been in therapy before. Yeah. And, and I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, you know, I saw in your history that you participated in therapy before. What did you like? What did you not like? Um, what felt like it fit so that I can make a note of something that I need to kind of be mindful of um, if this person felt judged because of how someone looked at them or mm -hmm. a certain color they wrote, we, you, um, they wore them. You never know what types of things trigger um, can trigger someone based on their history. Um, some individuals have some pretty traumatic things happen to them with mm -hmm. candles. So if you have candles lit or incense in your waiting room or something like that, that could trigger someone yeah. you don't even know. And so okay. I think that it's good to um, to address those pretty early on. Um, if you know that it's something that you might need to disclose, um, and I, if I can come up with an example, I, I will give it to you, but it could be something that um, you know could be triggering for them and say, hey, you know what, I am, you know, I am straight or I'm pan, like, will that be a problem for you um, yeah. as, we, as we meet? And so ethically, we're kind of taught to not self-disclose, but I find with individuals who have more similar racial, ethnic backgrounds, um, the more that we can connect helps the process better. Because the biggest mm. part is trust. Yeah. And so when you feel like you're just kind of dumping your information, your history to someone and they are not connecting with you, it can leave someone feeling um, lost or empty mm -hmm. or like their needs aren't being met. Mm. What is the average length of time for your first session? Because mm -hmm. there could be some like, oh, am I there for an hour, mm -hmm. right? And that makes them even more nervous yes, knowing that they're going to divulge their life, mm -hmm. you know, or what's bothering them and just being there for so long. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, many times it's hard to let out what you're feeling, what you're going through. Right. Or sometimes maybe once you feel comfortable, you're just going, going, and going. Yes, because there are some clients who will say, like, I've been waiting for this and I was holding all this in until now. And so mm -hmm. you're like, whoa, we didn't need to go that far in this first session. Right. And so I think, um, and this might kind of connect a bit with one of your previous questions, is letting a client know, like, you know, we're just gonna do some background information today. We're not going deep into therapy. Okay. You know, at this point, I might give you a little bit of homework. It's not, you know, major assignment, but it might be something small, like jotting down 
three thoughts that came to you, you know, about therapy or about your goals in between mm -hmm. now and the next time we meet. Okay. So a session can last, the first session, we kind of plan for it to be maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so for the initial, okay. right. um, you know, inter interview and to kind of go over some of the history, but also knowing that, you know, I I'm letting them give, give me a chance to answer some of their questions about therapy, their past experiences, um, goal setting. Sometimes we know what we need to do, but it can seem so huge yeah. that we don't really know when, where, or how to begin. And so I think that sometimes one of the biggest um, pieces is to list out what are your goals? What do you want to work on? Okay. And a, an assignment I give my clients most times when they first come in is I ask them um, if they went to sleep tonight and they could wish for three miracles, what would they be? And so I ask them not to answer immediately, but to think about it because sometimes some things that we think are so far from our reality and our ability to change might not be that far out of touch from us. Okay. But what we'll do is start breaking them down into smaller goals so they're easier to reach. Mm. And they don't even realize how much they've achieved in a short period of time. Beautiful. So there's success. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, there's success. So after going through the initial session, mm -hmm. let's talk about the aftermath, but in a positive yeah. way, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're walking out of the session, mm -hmm. you're sitting in your car, mm -hmm. you're having Maybe that uh -huh. exhale moment. Yes and then prepping for your next session. Is mm -hmm. there maybe a follow-up like a day after or a couple of hours after to see how they're doing or how can one really process mm -hmm. their first therapy session mm -hmm. to then transition into the next? Because how many times have we gone to something but then we stop? Oh, yes. we, we've gone to work out, we right. did that one class, mm -hmm. and then we stopped. Just too much. Right, just mm -hmm. too much. Mm -hmm. So this could apply yes, definitely. as well. So mm -hmm. how do we work through all what we shared after the first session mm -hmm. going into the next session? Well, I think this may vary a bit from therapist to therapist, but okay. oftentimes they may say, you know, if something pops up for you after the session, um, that you think about and you want to make sure you don't lose it or forget it, you know, send me a, a message or jot it down. Some therapists have very, very strong boundaries because they don't want um, someone to take advantage of, like, texting them or sending them messages all throughout the night and all throughout the week. But, um, but I think it does work sometimes if you are to say, you know, I want you after this session, this is your first session, I want you to make some, make some notes. It could be just one or two little sentences or thoughts that you have about how you felt like things went. It could be what you felt, you know, before, what you felt while you were in it, and what you felt like afterwards. So we can kind of process and kind of warm them up to the process of therapy. And so it helps them to be present, you know, and in the mm. moment. Because how many times are we ready to get to something else, not because we necessarily want to, but we need to. Yeah. And so we don't have time to kind of check in, or we check in too late. And so we're off to work, or off to grab kids, or off to a dinner, or something like that, and didn't have a moment to exhale, while in the car, send a quick note or make a note that you will save and share with the therapist the next week. Okay. Um, we don't do that. We don't. We don't do that. We're in such this kind of hurried society. So mm -hmm. I love this this concept of exhale because mm -hmm. it does mean so much more spiritually, physically, and mentally. Yeah. 
you know, and as black women, we're the nurturers. Yes. We're the ones running around holding it down, mm. right? When do we stop and exhale right. for ourselves? Right. So our therapy session may be mm -hmm. the one and only time throughout the week that yes. we get to do that yes. and to nurture and to pour back into ourselves because it's so vital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, that is, that's true. I think many clients will hold on to so much. Either they'll make their little notes or they might hold in so much. And they might come in the door just crying because they finally have this space yeah. where they can release and might not have any words necessarily to go with it yet. It's good as a therapist just to, to be patient, be quiet. Don't tell them, you know, it's okay or stop or calm down or here's some tissues. You can pass some tissues, but let them get it out because you don't know how long they've been stuffing all of this in and it's very likely six days and 23 hours mm -hmm. that they've not been in your presence. And so when they walk in that door and it's finally their time, their time. And so, um, so that's something else that happens a lot of times too, because, like you said, it's we're, we're nurturers, we're caregivers. We've been holding the, the, the country, the world down, absolutely uh, caring for everybody else's child, mm -hmm. but our own. And then after our own is ourselves, and we're like way down the list. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think you know we can feel kind of guilty about taking that time out. How much is it going to cost? How much is this going to be an inconvenience to someone else while I'm at therapy? I have a lot of clients who will come during their lunch break so that it doesn't inconvenience somebody else. Ah. But if I go during lunch, okay, I might eat in the car or I might eat during a session, but you're just not taking the time out for yourself to do the things you need to do. Because we're used to multitasking a we're number of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one, another thing that I've learned is let your therapy session be your time yes. away from it all. Yes. Don't try to text, call, no. eat, anything. Right. Let it be your time with your right. therapist. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that is a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. So if we have those that are watching and listening that want to research more mm -hmm. about finding, you know, their perfect therapist, as mm -hmm. you mentioned in the beginning, where are some sites that they can navigate online mm -hmm. to do the research. Okay, well I referenced um, Psychology Today okay. a little earlier, but psychologytoday.com is a great okay. site that what you can do is you can narrow down um, what you're looking for. If it's geographical region in close proximity to where you work or live, if it's virtual, okay. if you're looking for um, a particular um, gender, um, a particular area or age range because you might have someone who's looking specifically for teens or they're looking for um, you know, young adulthood or something like okay. that, or if your area is very specific to anxiety and you want mm. someone who specializes in a particular area. Um, my specialty is psychiatric obstetrics. I do have other areas that I incorporate, but mainly that's um, antepartum, postpartum depression and anxiety. Along with that can be fertile, fertile fertility issues, um, abuse, um, abortion, you know, a lot of different things can fall under that, but that is my area. So then when it's time for someone to look for somebody, they can say, oh, go to Sigrid, go, mm -hmm. to, go to her because she specializes in this. Mm -hmm. And it does help to kind of um, focus and kind of narrow down the focus a bit better and more kind of quickly instead of digging around trying to figure out yeah. what you want to work on. And so I do think that it's, it's very important to use sites like that. There's a um, Black Therapy for Girls or Black Therapist for Girls is another site. Um, and you can put in particular range, um, insurance, geographical location to identify who you want. And all of these beautiful African-American therapists who have PhDs, master's degrees in social work, counseling, psychology will pop up and you can kind of interview them. I think a lot of times I tell people, use a couple of sessions to get a feel for if this is somebody you can work with long term. 
Mm -hmm. Perfect. So those are a couple sites that kind of pop in my head. And how can one reach out to you? You can reach me at diversecounseling.org or 317-835-9204. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today and helping us navigate the first session, which mm -hmm. is so, so important yes. to our mental health journey. We appreciate you. Okay, thank you. Glad to share. Absolutely. And I hope this information shared helps you with your first session uh, and beyond. And thank you so much for watching. Remember to exhale and be well.